And then I run across one of the Navajos in the pool hall. I told him my experience. I says, I says I've been gone for quite a while from my home, and I don't know how to get back. Can you help me? And he thought a while and said, I think I can. Staigute, welcome, my friends, to the storyteller, who you'll find First Nations people from across Native North America who are following Jesus Christ without reservation. Today, we'll hear more from Herman Williams, a Navajo originally from Chinle, Arizona, as he continues with the story of his amazing journey to faith in Jesus Christ. So we decided we better run away and try to find our way back home. So three of us we plan about two weeks, I guess. And at night we got our bundles together, and we, when everybody went to sleep, we snuck out, and we walked down this dusty road. We just went on all night. Morning came, and then the sun came up. We're out in the desert, like. But one thing we forgot to bring was water. And I tell you, we couldn't hardly spit, you know. And then later on, here was a something coming on the road was dust flying. So that was our only hope, like. So we sort of stood across the road, and that truck stopped. So we ran up to it. We don't know what he's saying. We just shook our heads, jumped in this pickup, and he took off. Once in a while, he would look back at us, but we just motioned him on, on and on and on. Then we came to a big city, a town. It was Phoenix. Now I'd never been in a city. Big hogans. There was ex- exciting. That night, I guess there was a curfew. One o'clock, everybody pushed me off the street. So three of us were were on the street there, looking at the lights, everything. And a fellow came up to us and he talked to us. We didn't know what he said, but we just shaking our heads. And he motioned us to follow him. So we followed him to follow him into a building. And he put us up for the night. We thought that was, the man is really good to us. Next morning, they gave us some something to eat, and then we went off. He let us go. The next night, the same way. We didn't know. I guess it was a jail. See, and uh, that's the way our life was in the city. We met a few Navajos, asking where jobs are. A lot of them around here. Just go and you find a, a vegetable farm, hay farm, and so on. So we went and down to 
a little town called Glendale. That's where we, we found work there on a farm. It was a vegetable farm. And there, two of us now, one of the fellows that was with us, he just disappeared. We didn't, we didn't know what happened to him. Just two of us now ended up and we're down there. We worked there about two weeks. And my other friend, he wanted to go to town to get some stuff, so he went. He never returned. So I ended up alone. What should I do? I stayed there, and I worked. You know, and people tried to talk to me. I couldn't understand them. But as time went on, the foreman had two little kids boys, maybe about four and and five. They sort of followed me around everywhere, just uh, with their little toys. They wasn't bothering me, but every day they would follow me. And then, uh, really thinking about it now, I think really, I was really babysitting out there. But you know, uh, as time went on, these little boys had a desire to teach me how to speak English. So here one afternoon, it was really hot. We only worked till noon. And then we're off till about five o'clock in the afternoon and worked till about nine. So during the afternoon, and here these two little boys were lugging a little box to me. They had different items, simple items in the, in this box. And they brought one up. And they point to it and they name it. And they point to me. I got the message. They want me to say it. They said it again. I tried to say it. He said, no, 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 chief. And then they try again. Till I said it right. And they put that thing down and they clapped their hands and said, Hey, chief. And you know, from that time, if I could learn one word of English a day, you know, in seven days, I learned seven. Just think, in one month's time, I learned 30. I was on that farm there for about one year. And just think, by those two little kids. I believe in one year's time I learned about 365 words. I understood what I'm saying. I was able to talk like them. I was able to understand some of the workers. And that's the way it began. Well, I run across some Navajos in Phoenix. And then I run across one of the Navajos in the pool hall. I told him my experience. I says, I says, I've been gone for quite a while from my home and I don't know how to get back. Can you help me? And he thought a while and said, I think I can. So he took me to his room and he pulled out a paper, laid it on the bed and he said this paper 
shows us our land. He called it the cowhide land. And to a Navajo, how could a piece of paper be, be called your, your land? A piece of paper. And he described it to me, United States. These blocks, he named some of them. He says, you know, over here, the northeastern state, the United States, this whole land is like a cowhide. Looks like the neck of the cowhide, northeastern states. And down below there, the front leg hanging down, Florida. And the belly part down here, you see Texas. And then he included Mexico, the hind leg hanging down over here. The backbone, the tail is part is Washington State. And the backbone clear across is the, uh, the, the border of Canada and the United States. He called it, that's the, the backbone. And so I looked at that, and I began to understand, and he showed me where my Chinle is, Arizona State. He showed me where I can get some maps. In those days, you can go to a gas station, and you can get pick all you want. So I got them, and I went back, and I looked at them where it was working at night, for a few weeks and then I decided instead of going home now I want to see the whole cowhide land so I went north into California north into Washington and then all across Idaho Nevada Utah and over into uh Colorado, Wyoming. In 1949, I end up into Montana. And then from there I went, we went on into the eastern part of Montana, a place called Sydney. And the brother that I was traveling with, the Navajo, he decided he wanted to go home from there. And he went on, but I stayed around. There in Montana, I got a job on the big wheat farm. And there I learned to drive the tractor. Later on, a combine, different things. And I liked that. This farmer, he was a Christian. And he began to read the word of God to me. And for a whole year, that's one of the promises he had, a list of it promise this is what you're going to be doing will be doing he named them off and he says are you going to be willing to do this I said yeah one of those lists was the word called devotion I didn't know what that meant but I guess it means reading the Bible and prayer so he uh, went and read to me morning and evening for a whole year and I believe the Holy Spirit began to convict me they began to take me to church 
When I first went to church, I would sit way back there. And the preacher up there started to preach. And he was pointing right at me and telling, you're a sinner. You're bad. And he named a number of sins. You know, and I used to wonder how in the world that that preacher knows me, knows about me. Every week he brings something up new. Now I want to say this. Out there, away from home, I began to do some of the things that other Navajo boys were doing. It sounds like Herman is beginning to consider some things that he's never thought of before, and he's feeling guilty. Although it's miserable when we begin to see ourselves as God does, it's really not a bad thing. In fact, it's an opportunity to find peace with God by responding to his offer of forgiveness through Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for those things we've done that we are guilty of. Think about it. He died for you. He was buried, then God raised him from the dead. He did this so that we could be forgiven. Now God offers pardon to whoever will humble themselves and receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. We read in the Bible, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Want to know more? Write to us at The Storyteller, P.O. Box 1001, Bemidji, Minnesota, 56619. Our web address is withoutreservation.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, the greatest story took place at the cross. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's more to Herman's story, so be sure to join us again next time as we listen to The Storyteller.